1: So much for my prediction, so much for the motivational speech, but I did get the score right. I just didn't get the team right. So I will accept credit on that behalf. Um, Joined by me, Rashad McGinnis, Destin Adams will not be joining this uh, show today. He is irated by the amount of fans that want to call Frank Reich's job. He can't contain himself. He was going to cuss everyone out Um, My bad. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He's really in Florida right now, but Rashad, man, um, on a Monday where we really should have been getting back to our homes from this weekend's game uh, sitting at home, I was working, but I was, but I was sketching houses and you better damn well believe I had that phone in front of me the whole time. Uh, What, what, Man, your overall thoughts real quick before we get into some keys right here. Your, what, what was your, you know, your opinion of yesterday's game?
2: Great game. Let me say that first. Great mm-hmm. game. It was uh, entertaining throughout. I was happy for that. I, I knew a blowout was potentially could have happened. You know, it could have easily happened. The game could have got away from indianapolis and rams could have really took off with the way they started but nah man it, it was a good game throughout uh i think it's some people getting some blame and being put on the hot seat that doesn't deserve it uh we'll talk about it in depth though but i overall i was pleased with the game uh sorry the coach couldn't get the win happy for my brother of course and Let's get into it, man. Let's get into it,
1: Mike. Look, man. I mean, I freaking mentioned it last week when we re- when we reacted to the Seahawks game. It's typical Colts football to get blown out and then come back against a superior team and mm-hmm. make it interesting, but fall short or win. It's right. typical Colts football. Um, how good is Seattle? We still don't know that yet in week two again, let the season play out. We'll judge these losses, how they uh, come, but LA is going to be playing either in late January or in February. That's just a team. Matthew Stafford is the missing link, man. In my opinion, that, that team, goodness gracious. Um, my overall thoughts from the game, definitely uh, Carson. I mean, he was one of my highlighted questions about this team and man, he's given some pretty good, good answers. In my opinion, he's, He's staying poised in the pocket no matter how much pressure is in his face. He's just making big throws. He he is managing even more than managing this offense. Uh but ultimately, we're going we're going to get into into it here. But this 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 was a disappointing disappointing loss. The Colts start 0 2 again, I believe the last time the Colts even went 0-3 to start a year. What was it? I think it was 2011, right, with the great Curtis Painter.
2: Uh, yeah, I believe so, man. Uh, we struggled in in opening weeks and opening days, but we always bounced back well under Frank Wright. You know, we, we've had a history of bouncing back well. And I think today was a bounce back. Well, yesterday was a bounce back game, and I think the Colts responded well. It just wasn't enough to get the victory.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And one of the things, obviously, the biggest storyline coming out of this game, Carson Wentz. It was revealed, I believe it was Ian Rappaport that tweeted out, Carson Wentz has an injury not to just one, but both of his ankles in yesterday's game. If I remember correctly, it was said that he experienced the first ankle injury in the first quarter, and then the second one when Aaron Donald rolled him up and man, that was a nasty roll up, man. That was, oh man. I thought for sure maybe something tore like a ligament or something like that. Um, Clearly it was painful that he couldn't even get back in the game. In my opinion, it was a pretty quick evaluation by the medical staff. Usually they're working on a guy for quite some time, but they worked on him for what, six minutes at most. And just said, Hey, you're not going back in. So in my mind, I don't think that's a good sign at all for for the news that we're probably going to get later on in the week. Um, The injuries, man. Injuries, injuries, injuries with Carson Wentz. Got here. Training camp needs to have a bone removed in his foot. Now he's getting more... MRIs on his feet again specifically ankle but in that same area Rashad man what is uh what's your reaction man with with this Carson Wentz stuff
2: man initially when I saw it see I didn't see I didn't know anything about the first one that happened earlier in the game I didn't see that one and the say if he was playing on, a, on an ankle sprain pretty much throughout that whole game then even more kudos to him and the way he played if that's yeah. what he was suffering with but the second one, it looked nasty. It, I cringed when I saw it. I said, "I think that's broken," and mm-hmm. the way it bent, and the way his all of his weight fell on it at that angle, I said, "Ad, god damn it, I'm pissed with you." But turns out it's just it. It was no damage done as far as nothing being torn, nothing being broken. So I'm very grateful for that. I know with these type of injuries. week type of thing but him playing within the next couple of weeks is just is mind-boggling to me if, if he's able to play I don't expect him to play at all in the next couple of weeks at least two to three weeks minimum
1: yeah and this was a it was a conversation that we had about uh Paris Campbell you know it takes one injury to start start a trickle down. We just discovered this past offseason, Carson Wentz even had, and I, I forget the specific, I think it was a shoulder injury all throughout college that North Dakota State didn't even pick up or recognize. Um, Man, what? Uh, I, this This isn't good news. Let's just say that this is not good news. The outlook right. is very bleak. The outlook is very suspect um but of course Frank Reich did not want to well he didn't want to specify on his availability Mm -hmm. going forward honestly I actually kind of expected that I in my head I thought you know what he's not going to give an update on Carson Wentz yet only because we're entering a division rival game against a team Frank Reich knows is the only team that is going to compete in the division this year. So playing some gamesmanship, are you going to prepare for Carson or are you going to prepare for Jacob? You know, giving Mike Vrabel something difficult to prep his team for throughout the week. So I completely 100% get and stand for him not um, not getting, you know, that information out. Now moving I think it's forward. gonna come
2: through it'll come at a later date sometime this week.
1: Yeah. Other than that, I think you know, both ankles, man. That's crazy. Both ankles. And he was playing a good game yesterday, man. He was gotta give him his credit, man. He was playing a good game. He was, he was playing under a good pressure. game. Pressure. He was
2: under oh. pressure that entire game, man.
1: Okay, so getting into getting into pressure. Okay, we're gonna move on to why in the hell is through two weeks you know i gave it a week maybe it was just a bad day for this colts offensive line now they did go up against a very good defensive line but they for the most part got their ass whooped i'm just gonna be honest um obviously we loved the quentin nelson versus aaron donald reps i think i counted like maybe nine of them i think So clearly we didn't get the whole matchup, disappointingly, but understandable. The offensive line, man, look, I went back in the game and, you know, I watched that one play that we're going to discuss here in a little bit. But also, I just started just paying attention a lot more to the offensive line. I already knew what the outcome of the game was. So I was just watching each guy. Man, Ryan Kelly is not is not healthy Quentin Nelson is clearly he clearly has a back injury clearly he does Eric Fisher it was his first game back we have freaking Julian Davenport at right tackle so Mark Lewinsky is a very good right guard but we don't expect him to win many reps against Aaron Donald but man the biggest disappointment I believe on this team has been Ryan Kelly because we didn't expect this. We know Quentin Nelson is dealing with a very sensitive back issue, and the fact that these two guys are even going out there and getting in the trenches, man, big credit to them, first off, because um, that, is, that is some painful stuff, and I don't think we understand how much pain these guys are actually going through on a day, play-by-play basis. Talk about 70 plays. I mean, Rashad, what – What have you seen through two weeks? And what do you think the problem is with this offensive line not being able to just freaking block, not being able to give Carson Wentz time? I mean, we've seen when Carson Wentz has time, he's able to do something with it. He's able to make a play. But these guys, honestly, man, he came here with a sense of security. I got these five guys in front of me. And now, man, I would not be mad at all if he is just so frustrated with this offensive line, but maybe understanding because he's in the locker room and we aren't.
2: Yeah, man, this offensive line has definitely let down Carson Wentz. Like, they've really disappointed so far. Something that was supposed to be a strength of the Colts has now become a weakness. It's the health. It's no continuity. These guys haven't had a chance to have a snap together. This, this offensive line still has never taken a snap together healthy at all. So these guys are unfamiliar. Although you're just sliding in Eric Fisher, we all know left tackle is a big piece, arguably the most important part of the offensive line. And what I can say is that for a guy that was out with Achilles for the last eight, nine months, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good in his first action. He came out for a little while, and I was scared to death when I saw Davenport and Pryor on the field. At the same time, it was enough to... To give me a heart attack, mm-hmm. raise my blood pressure a little bit. But, <laughs> but eventually Eric Fisher did get back out on the field. He yeah. was fine. He played He played well in spurts. Ryan Kelly has looked awful, man. I'm going to just say it. He has yes. looked awful. And I know it's due to his health. But you know, when you come out there, there's no excuses, no explanations. You have to perform better than that. Because you are a top five center in the NFL. And right now, you're not showing it at all. You're getting beat. We saw you get beat last week by, by mediocre guys. And this week you, you, you had Sebastian Joseph Day who is just easily, easily filling a gap in the and a half. And that's all he's trying to do. He's out there to fill the gap and a half, to, to push things to the outside where his guys can rally around and make plays. And he had no problem doing that because he was manhandling you in the middle. So I need Ryan Kelly to hear this. And, and take a step up, get healthy. If you need to sit a practice or two out, don't practice. Quentin Nelson, you look good in spots, but it, you weren't you weren't as dominant as you always are, and that's why we can tell you was having back issues out there because you're normally a guy like in a run game, you're you're rolling over, you're getting to the second level, you're smashing guys. Mm-hmm. You you were still good, but you wasn't the Quentin Nelson that we've come to know, right? Mark Lewinsky, you, I mean, you did what you do, you know, nothing spectacular, but, but you wasn't bad. And, he does his job. Good. Exactly. Exactly. Uh We saw you had your hands full with Aaron Donald, but, but let's get it straight. Other than Quentin Nelson, Aaron Donald manhandled everyone on this offensive line. And it's no slight. He's a game wrecker. You know, he's one of those guys and, and that's what he did. He did nothing that we didn't expect him to do, but right. all in all, uh, you guys got to get healthy, man. I think that's the key. If you guys get healthy, we can see a better performance from Carson Wentz.
1: And the fact that our bye week isn't until, what, week 13 is yeah. is just crazy, man. Again, uh, also, speaking of injuries, Paris Campbell had to miss this game, so there's that. It's just one thing after another with him. I, I'm going to keep hoping and praying for the best of him, man, but staying just a little bit just just a little bit longer staying on ryan kelly and quentin nelson man that is true when you step on that field man there is no excuses you need to do your job and your job is to block aaron donald block joseph day my, block michael brockers leonard floyd whoever the hell is on that defense your job is to block our job you know their job and frank wright's job is not to sit there and say, well, we're injured. That's why we lost. No, that's not their job. Our job, we can do that. So let us do that for you. The pain that these guys go through, I mean, imagine the injury Ryan Kelly had. An arm injury. What is the biggest thing about his blocking technique? Is pad level. Getting his arms under your shoulder pads, pushing you back. And how painful that is, especially defenders know that. Defenders know what guys are dealing with, especially if you're a high-profile player and your business has been put out by the media. So you, you really think Joseph Day wasn't thinking, well, I can do a swim to the left, and that'll hurt him a little bit, and I can get by him. Football players actually do that, guys. Let's let's be let's be honest about that. Football players do that because I know I did that in high school. Uh so look, a back injury with Quentin Nelson, man. That is like what the most sensitive injury you could have yeah, while playing yeah. football with your back. I mean, yeah. look at Tyron Smith. He was the best unquestionable best offensive lineman in the league. And he just missed what 14, 15 games last year. Cause these back issues just keep coming and coming and coming. So again, They're inexcusable on game day, but when you sit back and look, man, you just sit there and say, these guys are playing hurt. They are not okay. Quentin Nelson does not pull with the same intensity, with the same speed, with the same power. Ryan Kelly, he is not as quick out of his stance when he snaps the ball. These guys are hurt, man, and I can't can't fault them. I can't blame them too much because – Everybody is so overreacting to this. They're blaming the Colts, blaming Chris Ballard, Frank Wright can't get them to play. Guys, this has been the best offensive line, a top three offensive line the past four years. And now all of a sudden, Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson suck? Come on now. Talent just doesn't leave a player's body that quick early in their 20s. It just doesn't (laughs) happen. It just doesn't happen. So stop overreacting, guys. They're hurt. They're hurt. What the hell do you want them to do? Like, what, what, you think they're just going to go to a massage parlor, get that master oil, and that's it? No, that's not how muscles work. That's not how discs in the back work. So I just want everybody to calm down with trying to crucify Chris Ballard about these offensive line issues. They're not issues. They're injuries. Braden Smith is injured. Eric Fisher was injured. Quentin Nelson's injured. Ryan Kelly's injured, okay? (laughs) That's just the reality of it. I don't know why we're trying to blame Chris Bowd. He just walked in the locker room and threw a whole hammer at Quentin Nelson's back and just took a chainsaw, hit it up against Ryan Kelly's forearm. I don't know. Uh, but moving on here to something a little bit more upbeat. All right, Rashad, you and I are gonna enjoy this segment a little bit, okay? Uh, Destin's not here, even if he was here, I'm not gonna let him even get in on this conversation because he was never high on him to begin with. But Michael Pittman. Had himself a game yesterday, boy. I don't even give a damn that we lost. I just want to know <laughs> Michael Pittman is here and he's ready to play. I loved it, man. Getting up, jaw jacking with Jalen Ramsey, telling him, you a B. I'm better than you. I love it. I love it. I'm just sitting in there. I'm over here in the kitchen, you know, writing a sketch. And I'm like, let's go, Pitt. Let's go, Pitt. And the customer just looking at me. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, what is that? Oh, I was just like, let's go. Pitt is like a bee around me. Yeah, just trying to play myself out the situation. But look, eight catches, 123 yards. His longest, I believe, was a 42-yard catch. Man, dude, it. I don't know about you, but when you go to Michael Pittman's way, the offense does some good things. So, Rashad, break it down for us, man. What happened? What did you think when Michael Pittman basically showed? He knew, I texted him, man. Like I have his number, honestly. Uh Reached out to him on Instagram. I don't even know if it was read. But, hey, I reached out and I said, look, man, I got a co-host. He thinks you suck. He thinks you're not good. He thinks you're overrated. He thinks DeMichael Harris is bad. He thinks Ashton Doolin should be ranked higher on the depth chart than you. That's what he he thinks. He should be wide receiver, too, and you should be a gunner. I told him all that, okay?
2: That's the dueling score the to touchdowns. So.
1: Oh, my Jesus. Look, man. Look. <laughs> he gave us a lead, okay? <laughs> so I am going to let him live, okay, for the week because we didn't get a win. For the week, I'll let him live, all right? But that's fair. honestly, that was the first time I ever heard his name called on special teams in three years. So <laughs> there goes that. Um. Michael Pittman, man. Come on, Rashad. Hit me with it, man. I know you hype. Michael Pittman,
2: our boy MP. We've been waiting on you, man. We've been waiting on you. We told him that you can fill the void. You are holding down the number one receiver spot. And you look like a legit number one receiver yesterday. Big-time target for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was looking for you. I believe he targets you 12 times. And that's the type of thing he, he needs to do to get this offense going. I mean, on that 42-yard, he was hit in the grill by Aaron Donald on that play and fell onto his back. But he gave you a play, a chance to go up and make a play. And you adjusted to the ball. You caught it. There was two guys behind. I was scared to death when I saw Carson still throw that ball. But, man, he made it a hell of a play. And you made a hell of a play all day. You was making plays. You was out there. No one could stop you. Nobody could stop you. Jalen didn't want to follow you. He didn't want to shadow you. But he want to talk crap when you're making the plays out there. So I, I love it. You looked a lot like you used to look in that number six in that uniform. That's how you looked out there yesterday, uh-huh. man. I'm so proud of you. Eight catches, 123 yards. That's big boy numbers. And It's about time you take that step, man. And it's just time for your ascension right here. The T.Y. injury could be a blessing in disguise for your career, man. Maybe that was going to hold you back. But now you're being unleashed in Frank Rice offense. And you love to see it, man.
1: But Rashad, going up (laughs) against Jalen Ramsey is so unfair to his development. It's so unfair. What He's not supposed to do this. He's not supposed to make plays. Zach Paschal is supposed to be better. No Paris Campbell, no T.Y. Hilton. I told you. I keep testing. I keep trying to give you the answers to the test. Like I, I, I bring you to class. I tell you to open your book. I give you the notes to write down and you don't want to do it. You keep fiddling around with your phone. You keep looking at the girls. You keep looking at all, man. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Michael Pittman, one K class. All right. You're, you're going to fail it, man. You're going to fail it. That's okay. Hey, Pittman, adjustment...
2: going for, a K? Pittman going for a stack.
1: one K already. I, told you. I okay. told you, we're already there. He already made up for last game. Um, right. look, man, okay. <laughs> that adjustment he made on that 42 yard catch. That is, that is the adjustment in the air that I saw at USC. That's why I thought he was so special again, I'm not sure if people really even care about me that much, but if you you want to go on my track record and quote me on this, I started my own podcast when I was just starting out, and it was in the offseason when we drafted Michael Pittman, okay? I, quote-unquote, he was in my last top five that I wanted at receiver. It was him, Van Jefferson, Jalen Rager, I believe it was – I said Justin, oh Justin Jefferson as well. And then the other one, I believe, was CD Lamb. He was part of that top five, and I just saw that. I saw that talent. And I'm I, it's one game, but it was against a pretty damn good defense. So keep targeting him, whether if it's Carson, Jacob, Zach Pascal probably has to line up at quarterback. Um, Who caught
2: another touchdown? By the way, Zach there Passport. you go. All there he you does you is go. catch his touchdown. He
1: just cat. He just makes plays, man. He just plays the game of football. Uh, just not better than Michael Pittman. So, <laughs> look, man, I am excited. I am just, man. I love Michael. Michael so much, man. He he's my favorite player on this team. And, mm. uh, I I feel like I feel so bad that I didn't give a damn that we lost yesterday. I'm just glad that my <laughs> boy had, had a day. I'm just glad my man hell had
2: a day. Kid. Hey, man, it's it's the next step and the last step is to get him the ball in the red zone, man. But we're going to get that. We're going to get that. Yeah, we got, yeah we're going to get that.
1: We're so. definitely going to get there. Look, man. One thing we're going to get, there's two things we're going to get with Michael Pittman. His red zone usage and the Pro Bowl. That's what. That's where we're going to go with Michael Pittman. So, getting on the defensive side. Okay. Now we got to get away from the little excitement. You know, I had to get excited just to bring it down again. All right. Um, so the matchup that I highlighted last week, um, didn't necessarily go so well. I mean, who actually thought Matt Eberflutes would out coach Sean McVay? I don't know. Um, so again, Rashad, man, got to talk. We got to have a conversation. You know I love defense. You know I love that side of the ball, and yeah, quite frankly, we suck. So, um, T.J. Carey is busting coverages, allowing Cooper Cup to get wide open down sideline, uh, overran routes or overran angles by Darius Leonard, Cardi Willis. Darius Leonard is also playing hurt. You could just easily see it as well. So, yeah, man, that's terrible. Look, the first two quarterbacks we've played this year are very 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 good quarterbacks mm-hmm. and when you run a pre-k defensive scheme you expect harvard scientists to figure that test out okay i mean literally matt Eberflus gets his place from madden rookie mode that's literally where he gets them from i'm just convinced that he does i mean it didn't surprise me at all that Matthew Stafford picked it apart. Sean McVay just prepped for it easily. It was there. The man, what about Grover Stewart? He needs to be at a linebacker, man. He needs to be a middle linebacker. What'd you think?
2: Did you see? I just tweeted that. I literally just tweeted. Uh, <laughs> Grover Stewart. Um, the most amazing thing about last game was seeing Grover Stewart get a Break up. I don't want to see it again, but it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, what is Grover Stewart, Stewart doing dropping back off the line, Mike? Questions. Serious I, question, Mike.
1: I don't know, dude. I don't know what that play was, but it worked. So Matt Eberflus looks smart, okay? It, it, he looked smart because of it. Um, dude, that was such a- this was defense. So, dude, this, this oh, defense. Look, boy, man, the, just... pass rush, the pass rush is underwhelming. Uh Al-Khadim Muhammad is our sack leader. We suck. Yeah, we're not good. I love al qadi Muhammad, man. I he is a player. This organization loves him. Um, but yeah, look. That
2: you know, sacky guy, were, he was completely unblocked. Was
1: no, he was completely unblocked. Yeah. <laughs> People are oh out there. God. I think I saw a couple of tweets saying that al Muhammad putting on the moves, like, what moves? <laughs> What, yeah, I've seen hell? people
2: saying we need to apologize to el Muhammad. I've seen that. I've seen those. Um, I've seen Ben Banagoo still only get, what, four snaps? And four Kamoko Ture got 11 snaps, I believe.
1: Dude, I, and, I don't know what the game plan. I, I don't understand. Ben Banigou is getting four, four snaps. Now, off the top of my head, Rashad, do you know how many third downs La faced.
2: If you're not, if you don't have him for third downs, then what do you have him for?
1: Thank you. And like, what was Matt Eberflus's words when they were at when he was asked about Ben Banning? Oh, like NASCAR. Well, no. package. He was. He's the. He's the NASCAR package. So you know our our you know Seattle just didn't make see enough third downs and we couldn't use them. Well, you faced as many double that third downs and you still didn't use them. So what's the excuse now? Even even more outrageous than that. How in the hell is Al-Khadim Muhammad out snapping Kamoko Toure? How is that going on? How is that even philosophically, scientifically, religiously possible? How? How? I, have a of, I
2: have a bunch of questions for this defense, man. Look, Clearly, man, like you said, Darius is hurt. Kahari has looked terrible in coverage. I know you. caught an intercept on the play that uh, golf kind of sealed the throw a little high over the guy's head. Golf, Stafford. Uh, golf. Jesus Christ. You're watching the yeah, game, aren't Stafford. you? are watching. I'm the- watching the game now. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. It, it, yeah. Stafford. You see the play? Um. Oh, I forgot who was lined up in the slot. But he gave an outbreaking move and he cut it back inside. He fell on ass. Got was wide open. Big time play, uh, man, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's never looked bad in coverage. I, I love his game. I always did love him as a player. And he and I love him because of his versatility. He's able to play in the box, over the top. But he just, something looks off with him this year. And, and, and I'm not sure if he's injured or, I think I've seen him on the injury report before week one, but I don't know what's going on. I think it's more that's not being told. And there's a lot of guys that's injured and and. Shout out to Buckner, because Buckner showed up uh, in the second half of that game for sure. So it's, it's we can, we need to get healthy. Xavier Rhodes, get get back, man. We need you. Quitty pay, uh show up, please. Um, who else we're calling now? Oka We need some somebody to step up. Our linebackers are, are looking bad. Oh sorry,
1: sorry. I am muted. Uh, (laughs) Look, I just don't know what to say about this defense anymore. I mean, at some point, you just gotta play some damn defense. You 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 gotta play defense at some at some point. And look, it's nice and everything, starting off bad, readjusting, getting a couple stops, and then ultimately failing again. All that's cute and everything, you know, for the rah-rah cheerleaders on Twitter. That's cool. You can be optimistic about that. But I'm going to be optimistic about this. If this play continues from this defense, we will be worse than 7-10, and 10, as I predicted. We're going to be worse than that. And I tweeted it yesterday. There is too much talent on this team to go even what I predicted, 7-10. and 10. There's too much talent on this team. Like, Pay, look, he's a rookie. I said before the se- season, I'm not going to judge him too harshly. I'm not. He's showing good things. He's winning one-on-one reps. He's good at being good in the run game. I mean, what else can I, can I hype or harp on about him? He's clearly the only formidable guy that teams will even prep for outside of DeForest Buckner. So he's getting coverage or – um looks his way from offensive lineman in the offensive coordinator as well.
2: This defense has to Dwayne Brown and Dwayne Brown and Andrew Whitworth was two bad matchups for him out the gate of yes. his first NFL career. Yes.
1: And I just don't think it's I don't I don't know man. this defense, the secondary is all over the place. Uh there was a little bit more communication. I like that communication Julian Blackman knew where he was supposed to be. Better, much better game from Julian Blackman, even though much our better. secondary was getting uh, picked apart. But, man, again, I'm just disappointed in this defense, man. And I know last year, you know, they, they were really good. They were, what, top five, top ten? Um, top two.
2: Cooper Cup is just like, man, I don't know if teams just are being paid off to just not be able to find Cooper Cup. But both teams that the Rams have played, nobody has been able to find Cooper Cup. I'm thinking teams are getting paid off because they blew a coverage. The Bears blew a coverage against them in the first game. We blew a coverage against them in the second game. Everybody is having trouble keeping up with Cooper Cup. But this team has to play better. And we have two big-time receivers coming in. I know we're going to do the preview show later in the week, but we have two big-time receivers coming in, in Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, and a monster at running back. So this could be the best offense, skill, skill players-wise, that, that that we can see all year coming in this week. So I, I this defense needs to get it together quick, man. Like you said, if you're going to lose two games, this will be the two games to lose. NFC games won't count in the division won't count in the conference when we get into the playoff seedings and everything and who's in and who's out. Those won't have too much of an impact on that, but these, the games that we need coming up with the Titans and the dolphins and the Ravens and
1: and the Texans and those teams. Hey man, look, I've said it. I want to face the best and we, and we've done that two weeks in, I think. I don't think honestly the Colts were in that game against Seattle at all emotionally. I just don't think they were, but this game, intensity, emotion, it was clearly there and it showed on the field, but something, and it can be injuries as well. Remember, Braden Smith is out. Eric Fisher's on a snap count. Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson are dealing with something. Xavier Rhodes is out. Darius Leonard's dealing with something. I mean, the, the list goes on and on with this team. Um, Look, man, I, 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 that game against Pittsburgh last year was the last straw for me with Matt Eberflus, and I'm still on that ship. We got to move on from it. We just have to. I feel like this talent on this defense is just not, this scheme is not working with them. It's just not. I feel like it needs to be more of an attacker's mode, attacker's scheme, maybe, I wouldn't say maybe a three three five i would just say a basic four three man not really basic but oh man it's got to be something something's got to change on this defense i think getting these guys in space coverage allowing everything in front of you that is just how you get your ass kicked in the nfl that's just too many offenses are getting good these days and you're going to be in shootouts with a binged up offensive line so that's just not going to work so Moral of the story, um, I'm done with Matty Rufus. Defense is dealing with injuries. They're not playing the greatest. Uh, And we have a big game coming up, and they better get it together. So moving on to something that is a very, very hot topic in in Colts Twitter right now. This will be the last couple of segments uh, for this show, guys. Thank you for sticking in with us. Frank Reich's job security. I uh, – I think I almost (laughs) threw up even saying that. Um, I know. um, Wow, I can't even believe we're talking about this, but hey, the the fans want to listen. It's a thing out there, man. It's It's a a thing thing out there, man. So uh, Rashad, is Frank Reich in danger of losing his job? Well, yeah, man. He has to be
2: in danger of losing his job. I mean, (sighs) this is his third different quarterback in
1: the last three years. So, of course, he had to be on the hot seat, right? Yeah, I mean... Golly, Andrew Luck retires. That's clearly Frank Reich's fault. I mean, uh, of course, who wants, who wants to play for him? You get Jacoby Brissett, who is hesitant to throw the football, won't throw it past ten yards, kind of fails. His accuracy was okay, but his inability to read the defenses pre-snap was just so bad. But man, that is a Frank Reich problem. Man, he can't teach quarterback. And then you get Philip yeah. Rivers. You get Philip Rivers, who can't even run a seven flat in a 40 but you go 11 and five and you make the playoffs with him and philip rivers has one of his greatest years of his career at 40 years old man frank reich is so bad he's so bad and not only that he even vouches for a guy named carson wentz who was bad last year played bad football. And in two games has looked better than he ever did overall in the last two years in Philadelphia. Yeah. He needs to, be, he needs to go. He's got to go. We gotta He's got to go. So bad. Um,
2: under no circumstances uh, yesterday. Did I think that Frank Reich was on the hot seat from any, from this game, uh, the Seattle game. Let's, let's just keep it honest here. He hasn't been playing with a full deck of cards since, he's been coaching you know he's been handicapped they haven't been able to get a fully healthy team and Frank Wright has no impact on the team that he coaches you know like as far as putting them together He, he it's not his job you know if you feel like Ballard doesn't that's a whole nother group of people who want Ballard to be fired don't even get me there but they want to punish Frank for everything. Now, I get it. Frank Reich was the one who stood on the table and banged the drum for Carson Wentz. And if Carson Wentz would have came here and sucked, then I can understand why you would say Frank yep. Reich is is in trouble and, and, and on the hot seat, maybe. But Carson has been everything that Frank said he would be. Yep. He just hasn't been healthy because we haven't kept our promise to Carson, which was that we would protect him. And he wouldn't have to panic and scramble around like he did last year trying to make plays on his own which is, has been the exact same thing that he went through last year. It's the same situation. Carson has not had a fair shake. He's not had an offensive line that's willing to protect him. He has not had a full stable of weapons. He has just been out there trying to improvise. And I think Frank Wright should be given some credit for actually unleashing Carson this game. We thought he played it safe for Carson in the Seattle game. He must have heard the, the, the podcast and the tweets and things. So he let Carson go a little bit. And Carson was delivering up until, you know, he had the one the one bonehead play that I knew he wished he could have back. But then he was injured, man. He was running for his life all game, but he still managed to make plays and have us in the game up until the point where he couldn't play anymore because he was injured.
1: So, I mean, I'm mean, it's just so funny to me, man. I mean, well, we're going to get into the red zone here in a little bit, but at no point during these last two weeks did I think Frank is bad I made the comment last time don't get complicated on fourth and one don't do a seven step drop back get Jonathan Taylor the football and that's what he tried to do this game credit to him I love it I love it so and then we're talking about oh he's Just such a bland offensive coordinator. He doesn't know what he's doing. We're so dead on offense. Has it ever occurred to you that maybe the five men in front of Carson were evaluated, drafted, extended, signed through free agency with the expectation that their job would be executed? Now, for those who forget, okay, I got to bring you to class. So (laughs) let's talk about what an offensive lineman is, okay? There's a left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle, okay? The most important one is going to be the left tackle. He protects the quarterback's blind side and most importantly probably goes up against the better edge rusher on the team. So there's that. Each guy has a responsibility of blocking the defender that is in front of them. It could be three down defensive linemen. It could be five defensive linemen. It could be four defensive linemen. So you either have the advantage five on three, five on four, or equal up at five on five. That's what their job is, okay? They go to the stadium. They put on a helmet. They put on pads. They get on the field, and they warm up, and they play a game. Frank Reich's job is to sit at a desk during the week and coach and practice and game plan for practice and the game. When he gets to the stadium, his job is to get with his coaches, discuss game planning, discuss the play sheet, get with the quarterback over the play sheet, and then he gets a headset. Mind you, it's not a helmet. It's a headset. He gets on a T-shirt, and he gets on the sideline. So you, you see what I did there? I broke down what each person's job in group is Frank Reich doesn't block for Quentin Nelson. He doesn't block for Ryan Kelly. Frank Reich is trying to run an offense. Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson are out here hampered and can't block worth a damn. And that's shocking because they're so good. So again, let's remember Frank Reich's job is to call plays Players, Football players, the ones that suit up, the ones that you watch on TV, those guys, their job is to execute those plays. And when you don't execute those plays, you start out 0-2 like the Colts are right now, okay? Thank you for coming to class. You're dismissed. Now, let's get into the red zone issues. And this is actually a real issue, okay? I believe during Frank Reich's tenure, His best red zone year was in 2018 with Andrew Luck. I believe that's what his best one was. Clearly, you weren't getting anywhere with Jacoby Brissett in the red zone. Uh, Phillip Rivers, I think, was a really good quarterback in the red zone. And then now you have Carson Wentz. So through two weeks, let's just focus on the two weeks here. I harped on it uh, week one. Why are you getting cute? Why are you just doing a seven-step drop back? Do give it to Jonathan Taylor. Guess what? He did exactly that. And regardless of what you think of how good Aaron Donald is, how good Joseph Day is, oh, why would you run in front of a brick wall three straight times in a row? Because his expectation is for his offensive linemen to be a brick wall that can push guys back. That's what Frank Reich's expectation is. So for every one of you that were in my thread yesterday, talking just some bullshittery, let me educate you on something. Frank Reich goes into a game, not giving a damn who the hell Aaron Donald is or how much he makes. He is responsible for the guys that dress up in blue and white and wear a horseshoe. That's his responsibility. So when he tells the defense, or the offense to go for it on fourth down when he tells them to go for it in the red zone and do a shovel pass you know what his expectation is mark galewinski to get his chip block on aaron donald julian davenport to get his block on aaron donald jack doyle don't get just thrown to the ground like a rag doll and carson wentz don't throw it directly to the defender he do he's not expecting that so frank wright doesn't throw the ball he doesn't miss chip blocks he doesn't get thrown to the ground he calls the play because he, he's very good at it so Rashad with that specific play the shovel pass and we're going to get into other uh, red zone issues did you see any any problem with that specific play whatsoever
2: uh, no especially after you have handed the ball up the middle you switched it up you tried something different you tried to catch the defense off guard and had every player did the assignment on the offensive line. It would have been successful, and it would have been a walk-in touchdown. But everybody didn't get their assignment. And just like any play call, if you don't execute it, it's not going to work. So I don't know why you're saying you got a problem with the play call. It's, not, it's the execution that you shouldn't have an issue with. Now, I can understand anybody that say the coach need to execute better in high-leverage situation. I can agree with you perfect. I have no problem with that. But it's not the things that's being called. Like Michael said, they tried a different approach last week. Michael said it was getting cute, and they need to hand the ball off to John to tell. Frank Wright heard that. He went out and did that this game. And it still didn't work. So it's the offensive line, fault. The offensive line is not getting any type of movement. They're being blown off the ball by defensive linemen, and that is why Jonathan Taylor can't get a fourth and one or a third and one. And, and you know my philosophy on it. If you can't get one or two yards on fourth down, then you don't deserve to win the game anyway. So I have no problem with his play calling and the things that he tried to do. It's the execution to get better on both sides of the ball, if, if we're really talking about it
1: if we're really talking about it and let's keep talking about it. Cause again, everybody that wanted to be in my thread, you just don't call that play in that situation. You don't, that's not the play to call.
0: Bullshit. My man,
1: my man, have you ever looked at a football play sheet before? Other than Madden. Let's let's move right. away from Madden. John Madden's <laughs> plays that he ran in 1970. Let's move away from those. Yeah. Have you ever looked at a real play sheet? Have you ever done a real game plan? Okay. So your expectation is, when I release Jonathan Taylor, I see him get great efficiency between the tackles, not outside the tackle. So you know what? I'm actually gonna go with my strength. Let me take him between the tackles. Guess what? The Rams just made a great play. Why can't we never? Why can we never say that? The Rams just made a great damn play. That's hell, it. Hell, I liked watching that defense yesterday. That's I all mean, it was. Aaron Donald being Aaron Donald. Okay. But guess what the expectation is for Frank Reich? Ryan Kelly, I expect you to be Ryan Kelly. Quentin Nelson, I expect you to be Quentin Nelson. Also, Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox were not getting good blocks either. And those are the two best or what we call great blocking tight ends on this team. So they were missing blocks as well. So, and plus, oh, that's not a creative play. My man, guys, let me tell you something. Out of the four-year Frank Reich tenure, that is the first time Frank Reich has called a shovel pass inside the five, or even inside the ten. That is the first ever time. So yeah, that's creative to me. And a shovel pass inside the ten is a very high-efficiency play. And guess what? Mark Lewinsky did not get the chip block. It was, I mean, he, he was too slow for Aaron Donald. It's not that he just ran by him. Aaron Donald was just so quick out of his stance, he just blew right by Mark Golinski. Julian Davenport can't handle him. But guess what? Your job and the expectation of you when you go out on that field is to execute it. I don't give a damn if you were Mr. Irrelevant and you're going up against Aaron Donald. You have an expectation of you when you put that jersey on every Sunday morning that's it so when it comes to the other play calling moving away from that play because I feel like we've harped on that enough going throughout the rest of the plays you know inside the red zone I will say this in criticism of Frank Reich as much as we've talked about it this offseason I am genuinely shocked Mo Ali Cox and Michael Pittman have not received red zone looks I am genuinely shocked by that Rashad Help me understand, man, what is going on? Why are we not targeting the two tallest players on the team?
2: I think we do need I think we do have some personnel issues. Now, if y'all want to talk about personnel issues, I think Str- Michael Strong should be in the game. Michael Pittman should be in the game. Moelley Cox should be in the game. These are guys, big body Desmond Patman. When he get back, these are big body guys that any anytime they lined up on the field, we see them in one-on-one situations. We need to attack that. I think they are guys that can go up and make plays on the ball. We, we seen Pittman do it in college. We seen Michael Strong do it in college and in preseason. So I think those are the type of times we exploit those situations. And I don't know what's going on with Malik Cox, man. I've seen him make a, 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 catch, a catch Sunday, but he's just not being used for whatever reason. I know uh, – people I've seen several people tweet beat writers and everything tweet that they don't know why he's not being used more but it's got to be something me and Mike me and you have always said it's something else that's going on with that because it's not just for no reason we know oh. coaches don't just not play guys for no reason mm-hmm. it's something going on there's a disconnect somewhere with Moe Cox and Frank Wright and he's not being trusted like he should be or like the way fans think he should be and being used that way. So, I don't know, man. The red zone, as far as the red zone go, the one play I probably can say I had a problem with was the bootleg play. I think it was took too long to develop, and that was the four-down play Leonard Floyd the fourth got the down, sack yeah. on. Yeah, the, the play Leonard Floyd got the sack on. I think it was too slow developing for that situation. But I have no problem with him throwing the ball at all. So, there it is.
1: Look, I mean, look, genuinely, yes, I like Mo'Ale Cox, but I've said it from the jump he's not just going to not be played just to not be played. If he's talented, he's going to get playing time. Is there a, is he he just not understanding his job in the red zone in practice? Is Frank Reich not looking, liking what he's seeing from that position in the red zone? The one thing I will credit Jack Doyle is he has such a good feel for the field. A feel for the field. And it kind of reminds me of Travis Kelsey. His athleticism, his talent, along with his feel of the field, where a defense is, where the weakness of a defense is, that understanding, that's what makes Travis Kelsey elite. Now, Jack Doyle doesn't have those talented traits, but that feel for the field is why he had a good day yesterday. He knows where the weakness of these defenses are, and he goes to them. So in the red zone, is that just it? Does Mo Ali Cox not have a good feel for that compressed, because we all know that is a very tough area to execute and It is compressed. Is Molly Cox not good in a compressed area? Is he not understanding it? Is he not gaining separation? What is going on? Michael Pittman, uh, What what's going on? Why are we not getting looks there? I, I don't know. I love the fact that he's running the ball. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the damn ball. But when he runs the damn ball, he sucks as a play caller that's the most confusing thing to me um but other other than that I'm very curious as to why Mo or Michael haven't gotten any red zone looks for as many times as we've been in the red zone I mean I'm I'm still curious to see if he opens the playbook up a little bit more against a division rival but uh do you have anything else to harp on with with this offensive side of the ball um No, man. That was pretty
2: much it. I just think Frank Rice will get better as far as the, as much as the season go along, I think he'll get better, especially once this offensive line gets healthy, because that's where the problem has been. It's been in the third and shorts, third and one, and a fourth and ones inside the red zone where we've been getting stuffed at, man. And, and I think it'll turn once this offensive line, the five guys get healthy yeah. and play together. I think we'll, I think we'll have much more success.
1: And look, he, hear me out on this. Okay. I was just about to say something. And I think I lost my thought. Um, I was just about to say something and I lost my thought. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. For the people that say like, just take the, the damn points. Yeah. Just take the points. You, you've made it down there. Just take the points. I agree half and half. Honestly, I'll take points anytime I can get them. But at the same time, if you really believe in your, Offense that much. And again, they do work on situational football. And if he loves what he sees situationally, then he's gonna roll with that situation, with the production in that situation. And unfortunately, it has not shown up. Now, one thing to also note in case people have forgotten, Chris Ballard has spoken about Frank Reich a little bit. He has. And in last year's end of the season press conference, he did mention things that. He thinks Frank Wright can get better at. He didn't mention those. He just said those are conversations that will stay in-house. Okay, so Chris Ballard understands there's, you know, something that might be missing, but it's not something that's holding this team back. It's not the reason this team is losing. It's not the reason why, especially for these last two games. Um, moving forward, we still got to hear news on this Carson Wentz stuff, what's going to happen with that. But honestly, man, let's just say hypothetically, they say since it's two ankle sprains, possibly a high ankle sprain. Honestly, man, I don't even get the purpose of even playing him so early with a high ankle sprain in an extended season. I really don't get the point of it. So let's just say he has to miss three weeks, just three weeks. No more, no less. Just three weeks. Now you now Jacob Eason is going to go out there, Tennessee, Miami and Baltimore, I believe. So. Do we have any faith going with Jacob Eason going forward? I understand it was a bad throw. Uh, The weight of the world was on his shoulders. He was watching that game from start to almost finish. Now all of a sudden he has to go in. Um, I mean, damn. I mean, why would you even throw that throw? It was still a bad throw, but, I mean, he's never played a meaningful snap in the NFL, so I, I don't blame him. But moving forward, it's got to be about his mentality. We've discussed it. We, we've discussed it. Me and you, Destin, have discussed it. He's got to be there mentally. He's got to be confident in himself. He's got to be confident in what the defense is giving him, what they're showing him. So can he go 3-0? and Look, I'm, I'm not even going to say that. In the preseason, okay, that's the preseason, but this is the big boy football now. We're going to play a Tennessee Titan team, heated division rival. Dolphins they're pretty good on defense Brian Flores got that team in in, in shape they look terrible Sunday and two are out oh yeah and two is out as well too yeah so Jacoby Brissett revenge game Woo, it's gonna be lit but then you also gotta face Baltimore so just hypothetically speaking I'm curious to see what he will show um do I have confidence in it no I do not no I do not uh to show what you've shown in preseason is one thing, but to be in AFC heated competition is another. The Ravens, they are feisty and tough as hell on defense. The Raven, the Titans, even though I think they suck on defense, they still hate you. And they're going to hit you every chance they get and hard. So what can we expect from Jacob Eason going forward, man? I just want to see him relaxed. That's really what I want to see. I just want to see Jacob Eason relaxed. And I don't think we've seen him be relaxed. Is he too antsy? Is he too giddy? Frank Reich is really going to earn his money if Carson Wentz has to has to miss time. And I I, I want to see it. He did it with Nick. But the thing with Nick Foles and Jacob Eason, Nick Foles put plenty of tape in college and in the NFL. He he he's a seasoned veteran. He knows how the game goes. And Frank Reich knows more about him. He doesn't know a whole lot. Of Jacob Easton to the extent he did with Nick Foles. Okay. So we have to understand that he understands what Nick Foles sees in the NFL. I'm not sure if he understands what Jacob Easton sees in the NFL yet. So I'm curious to see what his approach will be if Jacob has to play this Sunday. But Rashad, where are you at on this? Zilch,
2: zilch, (laughs) zip, zero. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I don't have any faith in. Jacob Eason. Um, and it's not because Jacob's a bad player. He just lacks experience, man. And from what I did see in training camp and preseason, it just wasn't enough for me to see him against starting caliber talent week in and week out. You know, I, I expect Frank, because I think so highly of Frank as an offensive mind, I think he can put together a game plan to make Jacob look competent. But as far as Jacob coming into one of these teams hometown or even defending our own home uh stadium and getting a win i just don't see it man i think he he has problem processing of course due to lack of experience going through his progressions uh putting touch on the ball when he needs to making the right decisions of where to go to the football i mean coming in it was the second pass you just don't go at Jalen ramsey like that is that is a mistake not to throw itself the throw itself was bad as is but the decision to go at Ramsey with the football is a mental error before you even get to the mechanics of you actually throwing the football. Hey, man, into. I love
1: it, honestly. Even if it's a bad decision, I love it. I know. I'm going a, I'm to a target the top quarterback in the league, man, uh, even though it was a bad decision.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you see how that ended up for you? I'm like, I, yeah. know, what you, I know what you're saying because you want to show that no fear. Like, I'm not scared of him, you know? Like, I, I understand it. I'm not mad at it, but you just got to know, man. Yeah. We got to live to play another down. It's only... We still have two minutes and fifteen seconds left. We have time. We only need a field goal. Let's not risk it this yeah. early. And know? that's that experience. That's that experience exactly, Michael. An experience. So, um, so if yeah. if you sit, in my opinion, if you sit him for if if Carson Wentz is gonna miss three weeks, I think you might as well hold him out for another game or two and make it four or five, and that way you get to keep your first round pick at that point. If you're gonna string it out at that point and this team is 0 and what? Let's say Jacob doesn't get a win, and you, for the next three weeks, and you're sitting here at 0 and five, or one and four. You may want to hold Carson out an extra week or two and mm-hmm. try to keep your first round pick because right. it's just it's just became that much imp- more important now, which is team struggling the way it is.
1: Yeah, so, so that's what makes sense. Look, to me. man, moving forward, if if Car, I I I can't imagine. Carson Wentz trotting out there week three. I can't. Not this Not early. Not this early, man. It, you just can't do it. Um, I, I highly th- – I think it's a 95% chance, honestly. Jacob Beeson is starting on Sunday in Tennessee, in my opinion. Um, look, man, I don't expect good quarterback play, honestly, uh, because he's going to see a real NFL defense at full speed with a real NFL blitz package, stunt package, secondary, you know, disguising. And he he didn't see that at all in preseason. So how much time is he going to spend in the film room? How much time is Carson going to spend with him? Maybe how much time is he going to spend with Frank Reich? I'm very genuinely curious and I'm, I want to see him on Sunday if he sucks or if he's good, I'm going to be rooting for him. You guys know how much I like Jacob Eason, um, and I want him to succeed. So uh, other than that, you know, I'm not entirely sure how that preview show is going to go. I think we'll, hopefully we have a better understanding of where Carson is at and what his uh, timetable will be if he has to miss time. Uh, but other than that, Rashad, did you have anything else to close the show? No, man, that's it for me, man. I'm, I'm pretty much talked out. <laughs> all right well he's talked out I'm talked out so I need I probably gonna go to bed honestly but uh, other than that guys thank you for listening to another episode of the blue stable podcast the official cult podcast of fan cider We appreciate you once again listening on Apple iTunes, Apple podcast YouTube wherever you're listening to this podcast make it make sure to give us a review a shout out a subscribe, Anything will help, guys. We love doing what we do. Thank you for listening again. Hopefully, Dustin is back on Thursday um, to, you know, talk about the potential, you know, resurrection of Jacob Eason, hopefully, maybe. I don't know, man. I'm just spitting uh balls <laughs> at the wind, man. But other than that, he is Rashad McGinnis. I am Michael Terrazas. Thank you again for this episode, guys. We will see you next week.
0: Done.